This week's Behind the Break is brought to you by Poundtown, kdshooting.com, hashtag it's what we do. All right, we're on from behind the break, making Georgia. We got Kevin DeMichael. Hello, Alex Clark. Yo, and I'm Justin Barker, and we got a we got a good bit to, to talk about tonight. We got the Night Stalker shoot that's coming up in Tennessee. I'm ready to leave now. I'm ready. Go, go to that. Let's do it. We got Chad Roberts. We're gonna have call in. We're also gonna speak to uh, all the people from Cross Creek Clays where the Night Stalker shoot's gonna be at. Um, Melissa. Uh, Tracy Eby, we've got Joe Calabrese, Bob Harrison, uh, Tom C., which I'm sure a lot of people know who that is, Joe Skull, which would be the target setter. Uh, they'll be on here as well. So, Kevin, uh, I was on the phone with him the other night, and he he got really excited all of a sudden and hollered out, Sit good gear on the front porch. That's right. You know, you got to get excited when you see the brown box and the Sitka tape on the front porch. You know something's good inside the box. I think I think Kevin's probably got more Sitka than Sitka has. I, I don't know if that's possible, but, yeah, I like Sitka gear. I like camouflage. That's my favorite color. It's what we like to do. What are you, what are you wearing now? Um, this is some kind of camouflage. This is made by Nike. This doesn't count. This is my running gear. Oh, he runs. No. Past. I ran in the past. <laughs> I don't run in the present. You ran? One time, yeah. Like for exercise? Or no, was it was getting daylight. We had to get to the duck hole. <laughs> <laughs> we had to make it there for shooting light. Yeah, I'm out. Alex, you run? No. What about now? Alex, let's no, sit over here with paper towels. He can't right run. He only has one knee. Yeah, I can barely walk. He's only 30-year-old. I know he's going to have knee replacement. Yeah. From, from, from sitting Indian style. He so, was sitting Indian style, went to go get up, and his... MCL slung out of the left side of his knee. Yeah. What What if that happened to the Indians? They yeah, would all be limping. Yeah, they'd yeah. But they'd go hungry. But then there's Alex, who who does Indian style and how's it go to the emergency room? Who does it? He didn't go to the emergency room. No. He put laid a, around with a bag of peas on his leg. Oh, did he get a bag of peas? <laughs> yeah. He was watching Andy Griffith. Put a stake on his forehead? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. We're not talking about forehead. All right. It's not funny. Because you were sitting straight across from me, and that light is beaming. <laughs> <laughs> I just shined it. Let me put my hat. How, how do you think Kevin would look with it like a toupee? On? I ain't never getting a toupee. All right, I'm just gonna get a bigger hat. What, what's that gonna do? Cover it up. Shave your head. I'm not shaving my head either. Why? Because I got like a pond right here in the back, <laughs> and if it rained, it'd fill up and it looked weird. So I got a, a pond. Is that like a divot? It's a crater. I think I got hit with a, a sledgehammer when I was younger. <laughs> but it's all right. It's all good. <laughs> Uh, Kevin was telling me earlier he got shot in the eye with a BB gun when he was a kid. No, that's not what happened. I oh. got actually, this is a serious story. Um, in like 2001, I was pheasant hunting in South Dakota and got shot in the, I got shot in the face uh, by a guy um, uh, pheasant hunting and had safety glasses and it just started raining and took the safety glasses off and put them on top of my head and it wasn't 30 seconds later. Pheasant gets up in between me and another guy, and he shoots, and I catch one in the eye. Right eye. In the right eye, yes. And uh, instant blind in the right eye for uh, two weeks, probably. Couldn't see out of my right eye. I could close my left, and all I'd see was the color red. 
I uh, went to one eye doctor. He told me that if we went in after the BB, I'd probably lose my vision. Went to another doctor. He said, if we leave the BB there, you're going to lose your vision. So I was like, this, this ain't good. But neither doctor could do anything until the blood settled. So I was told to just lay on the couch uh, on my back to let the blood settle. And after about three days, I woke up from a nap. I felt something in the corner of my eye reached up and the BB was in the corner of my eye to come out. Uh, really, really uh, cool moment. Uh, was it supposed to do that? Did they think that it was going to come no, out? No, nobody thought that. Uh, I think somebody was looking after me on that one. Um, I called the doctor immediately, really happy. He thought that probably the eye healed from the inside out and forced the BB back out the same hole. I have no idea, but I know the BB is not there anymore. Uh, now, three or four days later, put the same contact back in. Vision has never changed in the right eye. So that's why I'm a big promoter of uh, eye protection. You know, obviously we have to do it shooting sport and clays, but a lot of people don't do it while they're hunting, which is crazy. If you're going to be on a dove field, that's the most important thing to have, you know, besides ear protection. You know, we could we could live with our our, uh, our ears, you know, ringing a little bit, but you lose an eye, that that is – uh, uh, terrible, terrible, terrible. So, and he's yeah. right eye dominant. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been a – I wouldn't have been doing what I'm doing today. Let's put it that way. You're right, though. You, I've, I have never seen you in our hunting trips in the past. We've hunted a lot. I've never seen you without ear or eye protection. Yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, when I was a kid growing up, you know – mid mid 80s late 80s me and my dad we'd hunt we'd hunt every weekend and we never thought about earplugs or eye protection or any of that uh so i mean i'd go to class and it was just a big constant ringing in my ears non-stop it'd get louder and louder and louder and i still have that ringing today but it's it's i don't know if i'm used to it or it calmed down a little but yeah i don't I don't shoot anything, even when I'm deer hunting. If I'm about to shoot a deer, I, I put on earphones or something beforehand. If, what, he, if he gets away before I get my earphones on, oh well. What what kind of ear what earplugs do you use? I use ESPs. Yep. Are, now ESPs? Do they have the? They've got analog and digital now, right? Or do they just have digital? Mm, they've got they've got both. Yeah, they got both. Yeah. Do they? Mine are the lesser of the two. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, so you, so I, I use the ESPs uh, duck hunting especially. It's cool because uh, if you just use earplugs when you're duck hunting, um, you can't hear the, you can't hear how loud you're calling to the birds, or you know, there's a lot of times when you're sitting in the duck blind and it's quiet, and maybe you're having a slow day, and you can hear wing beats, or you hear a, a pintail in the distance, or a mallard, or or something in the different in the distance. You know, those ESPs really help. Um, and you can talk to your buddies without yelling at them. Um, but if you're in that duck blind, maybe in a pit or something, shooting those three, three and a half inch shells, your buddy's got a ported gun. I mean, people don't, don't understand how bad that is for you. It's not, not good. At so, all. so you're basically what you're saying is <clears throat> with those earplugs, you can hear, but yep. when the gun goes off, they mute. Yeah. They're, the they're noise canceling. Yep. So does that in sporting clays, does that help? that you can hear or does it not help i mean for me um so uh, i wear my esps all the time okay so that being said eventually they got to be worked on okay um you know if you wear them all duck season they're going to end up getting in a little water getting damp getting rained on so earlier this year 
I had to send them back for a few days, so I had to shoot a tournament with, uh, you know, regular foam earplugs, and I'd have to pull the earplug out to hear the trapper say trapper ready, because I don't like to start without the trapper knowing I'm ready, and, you know, you can't hear the trap arm go off and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I think it's definitely beneficial, for sure. If you turn them up really loud, can you hear, I mean, what what all can you hear? Everything? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So you could hear, like, traps from three or four stations down yeah. going off? Yeah, I don't pay attention to a lot of that. But, yeah, you if you, yeah, you, you could. So, I mean, that's the cool thing about it. You can set it to whatever volume you want. Um, you can set it really quiet or all the way up, whatever you want to do. Where do they, so where did you get yours from, Alex? I got them from Granny Sherman. Yeah, at PMS Firearms. That's where I got mine. Yep. She is the best. Yep, absolutely. Anybody who needs anything shooting related, she is the person to go see. Hands down, the best customer service on there is. PMS, Mike and Granny. Yep. Good folks. If you ever, they're, they're at most, not all, but most of the shoots on the East Coast, and um, they'll be glad to help you out with anything you need. And Mike, Mike knows how to work on a gun too, by the way. Yeah, just a little bit. I mean, if you need something done while you're at a shoot, he can always do it. He might not have time to do it, but he'll try. If it's hot, you want to sit in one of Granny's chairs in front of the fan, those are nice too. Yep, there you go. I like the foam or the molded earplugs, like the the ones that Granny does. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you lose those, you Well, might, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Um, if you're going <laughs> to... If you lose one of those ESP, I mean those ESPs, it's a problem. All right, they're not cheap, uh-huh. so you got a good point. You know, a lot of people don't want to take those duck blind. They may drop them in a mud hole or something and lose them, which I've seen. I've been there. I've seen it happen. Um, but uh, you got to be really careful about that. But yeah, the molded ones like Granny makes are really good too, for sure. But you know, anything that's molded to you, <clears throat> definitely going to work better. Um, you know, the foam earplugs that we all, you know, half the people use, whatever it is, 75% of the people use work, but I don't think they work as well as something molded to your ear. Everybody's ear is different. Yeah, keeping out that sound. Yeah. Especially a ported gun. My gun's ported, Man. and I can stand under a, like a, if you go shoot in a, a station that has like a roof to it, you'll think you shot the roof when you pull the trigger. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely tell. When'd you get your gun ported? Uh, I don't know, a couple months ago. Eister. Jim Eister. I didn't know you sent it all. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. I like it. I think it, uh, I think it helps with what it's supposed to help with, you know? Yeah. Porting used to be the rave, uh, and, and it, you know, still a lot of people. The right porting. Yeah. You know, um, back when I started, every gun out there was ported autos, whatever. Angle port. Um, yeah. Angle port was the big deal and angle port still around. Um, and I had all my guns done that way. But as far as a hunting gun goes, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> I don't advise it. It, no. uh, it uh, it'll, uh, you know, well, I guess it's all right if you're the guy shooting it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but your buddies are going to, are going to catch all the noise from it for sure. All right. We got the guys, the crew from, and the, and Melissa, I should say from Cross Creek Clays, the place that the. Night Stalker shoot is going to be held at this weekend in Tennessee. How do you say that? Palmyra? Is that right? That's correct. Palmyra. Palmyra, Tennessee. Supposed to be a very nice place. I'm excited to go. I know everybody down here is excited to go, and we look forward to it. So we've got Joe Calabrese, the owner, Bob Harrison, the general manager, Melissa, which is the operations manager, Tom C., Joe Skull, which is uh, going to be setting the targets for us. And we also have – Tracy Eby from the Night Stalker Association 
on the call with us as well. So how how's everybody doing tonight? Fine, thank you. Great. Everything's wonderful here. Good. Uh, I don't know who would like to speak first, but tell us a little bit about Cross Creek Clays and when it was started and, and how new it is and how nice it is. We want to hear about it. Well, Cross Creek Clays is relatively new. We've only been open to the public for about three weeks now, and so we're really excited about having this night soccer shoot and letting the public be in here and see this facility. It is an unbelievable place. Uh, we're lucky enough to have three courses. Uh, we've got an unbelievable clubhouse for y'all to look at, spend some time with us in. So we're really excited about everybody being here. Um, this, I'm the owner, sorry. I'll identify myself, Joe. Um, what happened was two years ago, I started shooting. I went down to Blackberry Farm with Bob and shot around the clays and got really hooked on it. And when I come back up here to the Nashville area, I couldn't shoot on Mondays and Tuesdays. Nobody was open. Half the places, the, the targets were set once every six months. So it was very frustrating. So I talked to Bob and said, hey, let's build our own course. That way we can, um, you know, have a facility and a uh, and shooting, um, you know, course that everybody can uh, come out and have fun and enjoy themselves. Even on Monday and Tuesdays. Even on Monday and Tuesdays. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So it's seven days a week, huh? Day. Right. I, I built an apartment in the place for Bob. Okay. So I never, I'm always here. Well, don't you shoot around the clock here. Gotcha. Cool. We, cool. Do have light, we do have lighted five stands. Nice. Nice. So y'all don't have any restrictions on when you can stop shooting? No noise restrictions? Well, we, we try to be respectful. We, we yeah. don't shoot on Sunday mornings or Sunday evenings or Wednesday evenings because there's a church okay. just up the road. Nice. And then nice. we try to start. We try to start about nine o'clock in the morning and go till about dusk in the evening. Okay. Cool. And if there's cool. a, if they have a funeral and there's quite yeah. a few old people in that church, um, we we don't shoot either. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of them Joe Skulls eggs. <laughs> Joe, Joe, Joe <laughs> well, I know. I know he couldn't hear. He probably didn't have his hearing aids in. I knew he probably couldn't catch that. But. <laughs> he said, "What? What?" <laughs> okay. All right, well, tell us a little bit about what a lot of people don't know is what the Night Stalker Association really is. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I don't want to identify yourself. Yeah, I'm Tracy Evie. Um, I'm part of the group here. What a bunch of guys and women, too. You should see them. They're looking their finest. But, hey, um, I want to make sure that we identify the difference. You know, there's a 160th Special Operations Aviation Unit that the Night Stalker Association supports their family and, uh, you know, their children, you know, and, and active duty soldiers. So actually the NSA will be the individuals that will be supporting this and running it in support of the Special Operations Aviation Unit. Um, 37 years old, specialized unit. Uh, it's the only really special operations aviation unit in the world. Um, there's probably over 15 missions they've done. Some of them you probably know um, very near and dear to your heart in the last couple operations that we did overseas. Um, the NSA, what they do is they support the soldiers and active duty members. Uh, one of the bigger ones is every year they give $250,000 in scholarships to the, uh, the children and, and some active duty people of night stalkers, um, relief calls for fires, you know, any type of emergency hospital that's above and beyond what they can pay. So a uh, magnificent group of people. Uh, Joe is one of the original, what we call plank holders, founders of the unit. He stood the unit up, um, 
not quite 37 years ago. Joe's Joe's a little younger than that. Thank you. Okay, maybe 37 years <laughs> ago. We <laughs> talk about Skull and me. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's basically we have uh, nice stalkers uh, active duty that are going to be running the traps and supporting it and doing a lot of things out here. And then, you know, the, the uh, Cross Creek Clays is giving a generous donation back to the NSA and supporting the soldiers. So it's, it's an absolute great cause and great invitation. Nice, nice, nice. Well, that's good. Well, let's hear from Melissa for a second. Melissa, can you give us an idea of, uh, I understand, you know, uh, you invited some pros there and, um, and you also had a cutoff on the shoot, uh, the, the number of people we that did. are going to be there. Yep. Correct. We used the number 160 for our 160th, of course. Um, it's a great number. And it's it's going to be more of an intimate kind of shoot. I mean, we know we have the ability to have a lot of people here, and we knew with having a shoot like this, a lot of people would want to come shoot it. Mm-hmm. But we decided we wanted to cut it off so we could have the cream of the crop here and also have some locals and other people be able to come and shoot with those people. Um, we have, at this time, 17 people who we've invited who will be coming. Some of the top shooters, of course, um, some guy named Kevin DeMichael is on our list. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. What's the guy's name in the toilet in the bathroom? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> um, I could go down the list real quick. I'll just say them really fast. Who's coming? Annabelle Ayers, Wendell Cherry, Kevin DeMichael, Desi Edmonds, Joe Venezi, Halen Hanks, Clint Hintz, Brad Kidd, Zach Keenbaum, Corey Cruz, Bill McGuire, Derek Mine, Gebin Miles, David Radulovich, Todd Simmons, Abel Spire, and Greg Wolf. So those guys are going to be in a separate class. They're going to be pulled out of master, and they'll be shooting for their own separate payout. Um, and at how, 15, and how, how much are they shooting for? They're shooting for each class, including the end, is shooting for $1,500, $1,000, and $500 for first, second, and third. And then everyone is eligible for the HOA runner-up and third payouts, which are $10,000, $5,000, and $2,500. So nice. big money being here that Joe, our owner, is um, shelling out personally because he wants these people here and he wants people to see how fantastic this place is and go out and tell the world to come on and check it out. Right, right, right. Well, a name I saw that, that wasn't on there was uh, Tom Says, and I just want to make a little uh, shout-out to Tom about that. Um, I know Tom is the uh, club pro there, and he's probably the only one that's really shot that club. And for him to back out, um, I thought was a real class act on his part. Um, you know, a lot of guys respect that. Um, he feels like if he was to shoot and win, it probably wouldn't look great, and he's very capable of winning. So, Tom, I just want to tell you that's pretty classy, man. I like it. I like it. Thank you very much. Um, I, I thought about it like you said, and I, I figured I'd put the club club ahead of club ahead of myself and the integrity. And you know, kind of like you said, I value my reputation and I value the club's integrity and its its reputation more more so than than one tournament and the amount of money that I could win at, at one at one shoot. I want everybody to come here and have a great time and and be able to share what I you know, get to come to every day with all the, you know, all my, all my friends that are invited and coming here. And I, I definitely think they'll be, they'll be pleased and happy with the place. Good. good and, man, and you make, 
Kevin, Kevin's really just happy because he may be able to win now. Yeah, we got, we got Tom out of the way. Yep. I was going to get him out of the way. Absolutely. So another thing, Melissa, what about uh, are we having like uh, uh, any food, uh, festivities, anything like that? Absolutely. So Friday evening we're going to have uh, some heavy hors d'oeuvres, some really great fruit, food from Wayne Abrams here. He's local. Um, he is on the Food Network from time to time. Um, we're going to have a Saturday evening dinner, so make sure you RSVP for that. It's going to be a fantastic layout. And we'll be selling food. We have uh, a fire pizza oven out here, and he's going to be making sandwiches and, and hot dogs and brats. So come out and bring an appetite. We're going to be giving away all the drinks, so you'll have plenty of hospitality. We've had some great sponsors come on to be able to um, give you drinks and things on the course and snacks, so you'll be able to enjoy your time here. Yeah, and we have beer pong on stations 5 and 12. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice. Well, that's cool. Now, who's setting the targets for this? That would be the world-renowned Joe Skull. Can I mean, he's, does he have his uh, hearing aids in where he can hear me? Can he hear me? We can. Oh, yeah. Joe, what you got planned yeah. for us on those targets, buddy? Are we are we like medium to soft? Are we gonna have to bring an A game? Well, what you got planned there? Well, for the prelim, it'll be medium to soft. On the main event, we're gonna try to step it up a little bit, but. I've seen your I've, I've seen your stepped up targets now. Take it easy on us now. Take it easy on us. We might make uh, we might make you shoot at them. Maybe maybe you should come see Tom before the season. <laughs> 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 I hear you. Well, well, that being said, talking about the targets, what kind of terrain are we talking about? Is this wooded? Do we have fields or what's going on with that? What does the terrain look like? There's a lot of wooded wooded uh, stations with. Uh, good terrain with valleys and hills in it you know some of it's a little close but then you got the fields where we can uh set some better targets uh for the bigger guys and let them work on them there you go all right well cool cool well if they're something for the bigger guys i should be good then no we're not talking about weight oh Justin. i got you uh, you won't have right. no problem <laughs> you should have seen his eyes when you started talking about food melissa it was incredible <laughs> Um, <laughs> all right good he was he was wanting to know why you didn't invite him since you had like three spots left you could invite yeah, justin for, yeah. for the invitee class melissa i mean you know come on i want him to have a chance to win some money oh, oh i got gotcha. you i got you i got you awesome awesome we're really excited about it everybody's pumped up to see the new club it's gonna be awesome where is there a where do you stay at there is there you have some place on ground on the grounds or do you is there hotels close by? Where, where's everybody staying at? We, we've got some hotels close by, and we've got those all listed on the website. Yep. Uh, so go to crosscreekclays.com forward slash invitational. You'll see our hotels. You'll see a map of what's close, what you can do when you're not shooting, and also a list of our sponsors. Great. you have any sponsors you want to mention? Or do you just want to go to the website? Well, um, <laughs> well. <laughs> Um, Mech, of course, is going to be sponsoring our red course. We have White Flyer with our white course. Um, Vima Rev with those eyeglasses are going to be sponsoring our hospitality. We have some local sponsors, Oregon Building Supply, who is sponsoring our Saturday night dinner. Um, we also have Wright Technology Solutions. That's Joey, of course. You all know him. He set up our snooker competition, so it's all digital. So you can see your scores as you go. 
Um, we have Coleman Tractor, who will be sponsoring a hospitality cart. So it'll be coming around and bringing you um, drinks and snacks. And we also... I can't. I'm sure we have uh, some Sunbelt more. Rental, yes, is yeah. going to be um, sending us some towers so that we some lifts so we can have some pretty big targets out there in the field. Nice, nice, nice. And of course, I can't forget uh, Mike and Granny Sherman with EMS Firearms, who will be um, have sponsored a station for the entire year, and Travis Electrical also. Cool, awesome. So Mike and, Mike and Granny will be there. They will not be here because of um, Georgia State being so close. Right. But um, they definitely next year they're in. Okay, cool. Now this is going to be, uh, I heard you say next year, this is going to be an every year kind of deal is what you're thinking? Yeah, yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Definitely. so, yeah, as far as the future of the club goes, are y'all going to put in for, like, Tennessee State, uh, regionals, anything like that? We, we are. We do plan to put in for the Tennessee State uh, for next year. Um We've talked about some of the regionals. We're not sure yet, but we're going to see what you all think of the club and then make some decisions after that. Okay. All right. Sounds great. Sounds great. So when does – uh, uh, go ahead. No, I think that the, one of the things we wanted to tell you, too, that the top shooters, I think I'm reimbursing the, your hotel. The, yes. Mr. Calabrese is putting in $250 for the invitees uh, to reimburse them for hotel rooms or whatever they want to use that for. Yeah, but you, you don't have to hit a target. For no, no. It's, Sweet. Uh, <laughs> All right. Required. Good. Kevin well, can pay for mine now. Yeah. I, can, I got sandwich money. All right. Great. Awesome. Awesome. That's good stuff. Good stuff. That's a surprise. Yeah. Now, so, y'all going to be selling – y'all got shells there for people to buy, or do they need to bring their own, or what, what you got? Do it. We've got lots of ammo here, and we're so happy to be carrying the new Game Boy ammo. It just got overseas here. That stuff's good. It is some <laughs> great ammo, guys. If you haven't tried it, you need to be on it. Uh, but we also have some cleaver and some fiocchi available as well. Cool. Well, we're going to have to get you hooked up with Bornagi. Um, <laughs> we'll have to get some headed that way. <laughs> what is that? Is that a car or what? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a fine race car. It's an Italian dish. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay, cool. Cool. All right. Well, guys, I appreciate the time that you gave us. Uh, and we, we, like I said, we all look forward to coming up there and, and seeing the place more than anything, I guess, and, and meeting everybody. Uh, I appreciate y'all being on with us tonight. And uh, we will see y'all, I guess, Thursday afternoon, Friday morning, somewhere around in there. I'll be there. All right. Sure. That's right. Have thank you so trip, much. Guys. All right. Thank y'all. Appreciate it. We got Chad Roberts on the phone with us right now. Chad, how you doing, man? Good. How are you guys doing, man? We're good. Cool. We're good. Doing good. Uh, got you on the phone in where are you at? In Texas? I'm in Texas right now. I'm doing a little layover, going out to Kansas. And what are you doing in Texas? So, uh, well, nothing really. Just sitting here at the <laughs> United Club, having a little cold one, getting ready to. I'll hopefully get on my plane tonight to make it to Kansas and they don't have any twisters or anything that stops me. But um spend a spend a day with Derek's mine tomorrow and then I'm gonna cruise up over to Wichita and 
uh, go see my stock uh, sponsor, Greenwood Stocks, and he's going to uh, do some work on my pattern stock that I have on, and uh, then we're going to shoot the Kansas State, um, which I've never done before, so that should be fun. And since Derek's going down to that night soccer shoot, I might have a chance. And then, uh, yeah, then we're going to do, uh, Jared and I are doing a clinic on uh, Monday and Tuesday. All right, cool, cool. Sounds good. Yeah. Should be fun, hopefully. Yeah. Hey, at least you're getting Derek mine over where Kevin's going to be at instead of where <laughs> you're going to be at. I know. I guess he has never lost the state championship since he shot it. So this will be the first time in like 15 years or something. I don't know. Wow. Something crazy like that. Right. That kid's amazing. We might need to call him and tell him to stay up there. I'd hate for him to break that record. <laughs> That's okay. I'll, I don't mind beating him on that one. <laughs> I got you. I got you. So, so, Chad, let me ask you a question. I, I've noticed by looking at your Facebook that you were, it looks like you were into BMX bikes. Is that right? What other sports are you into other than shooting guns? Yeah, so um, it's kind of an interesting story. I started out racing bicycles. I actually was doing – um, I lived on a ranch in Montana where I'm from, and then uh, my dad raised hydroplanes, so we were down in California a lot where he was getting his boat made, and I started racing BMX and got my blood and wanted to be a pro BMXer, so I moved to Southern California, which is where one of the hotbeds of BMX was, so I moved down there right after college and became a pro and raced many years um, as a racer, so... Um, and then I did some mountain biking, uh, some mountain bike racing um, towards the latter end of my career of that, and then uh, started shooting. Um, actually, I was at a race, and they had uh, rained out the race up in uh, West Virginia. Um, and we went and shot some plays, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. So and I grew up around guns, but we shot things to kill it, so um, <laughs> for <right>. food. <laughs> so I was a killer. No, um, but... I was a killer. Not as much as you, but, um, but you know, it was good. So it was, uh, you know, did that, came back to California. I had no inkling that they would be able to do what I did out there in California because of the way the state is. But I found out real quickly that there's a lot of clubs down in Southern California and a ton of shooting and a lot of good shooters have been from there or lived there at one point. And uh, I'm just trying to make my way um, and stay there for as long as I can. So, going back to BMX bikes, didn't you? Sure. Didn't you used to? All right, the movie Rad. Everybody loved the movie Rad. Yes, sir. So, so did you know? Did you know the cast? Did you work with that movie? Did, is something? Are you related uh, to that movie somehow? It's it's funny because I know Bill Allen very well, and um, he's the he's the guy that played Crew Jones, and um, I've always said that I was like Crew Jones when I lived in Montana because. Um, I was a small kid, you know, kid from a small town, going to make it big in a big scene, and um, always did, like, the rad thing. If you've ever seen the movie, it's a total cheeseball movie, but it's exactly how I basically lived my life. And uh, so about a year ago, um, they had, we had a big, we had movie night at my current job that I work at every once in a while, and I thought it'd be cool to get him to come down and do a speech and um, go over the movie and talk about all the ins and out of it, and, and we did that, and we've been friends since um, since forever. So it's pretty cool. They're actually in um, Texas this weekend. They rebuilt the Hell Track, and uh, so a replicated track that you can go ride. But 
I'm shoot. I'm a shooter now. I didn't. I didn't get to go. So. Yeah, a lot of the younger crowd probably does not know the movie we're talking about. You need to go check. It out. <laughs> some of them. Some of them do. You know, because it's like you know, Bing the Cube, all these crazy '80s movies. But it's one of those. If you've ridden a BMX bike or raced one, most of the kids have seen it just because it's a cult movie. So they're still selling the movie like crazy online, so it's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's the only place I could find it when I was buying it for my kids. Yep. It was on eBay. Yep. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so you're talking about your job, and you invited him up to, to your place of business. Where do you work yep. at, Jeff? What do you do? So um, I, I work at Shimano, so we, we're the largest uh, manufacturer of bicycle components in the world, and we also do fishing gear, I'm sure. Kevin's probably slobbering right now because, yeah, you know, bro- I work there. Yeah, hook a brother up. <laughs> yeah, we got to talk about that. Yeah. that. There's so much stuff about that stuff. And what's really interesting is I'm on the bike side. Um, so when my I'm career the, was... Uh, I'm on the fishing side. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't tell you anything about it. My girlfriend's kid's really into fishing right now, so I'm learning a lot because he's always asking me to buy him something, so I have to go get the 411 on it. But... Um, yeah, it's, I've been there for 25 years. Um, wow. I've worked into a pretty good situation um, to where I can shoot full-time pretty much and uh, teach full-time at the same time of working full-time. Um, so it's uh, it's great. I love the company. They've been really good at everything I do with this sport. I've done a lot of things there. I worked in marketing for many years. I'm in sales now. Um, so I ran our sponsorship program for many years. I ran our multi-service program that serviced racers at events and kind of like a credit op te- technician or something like that, you know, but we had a big crew that went around the country. Right, um, right, right. And then at the same time back then I was racing full time. So I raced for Harrow bicycles and racing the world championships and went to Beijing for the Olympics and um, was a mechanic at that event. And then in 2008, and then we did, I was part of the whole crew that did the exhibition race um, the year of the Olympics in China. So I got a lot of cool opportunities as a BMXer too. So um, I just kind of worked it into my job. Gotcha. Well, good, good. So now Mm -hmm. uh, you say you've worked yourself in a position to to do a little coaching. Uh, How often do you coach? Every week, every day? How (laughs) much? I, I'm doing anywhere from 22 hours to about 30 hours a week. Well, that's good. Coaching on top of work, on top of working at my 40 hour gig at Shimano. So that's a, um, that's a, that's a lot going on. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah my girlfriend sometimes hates me, but you know, it, it works out because it, you know, as I've come into this sport, which floors me the sponsorship in this sport, I was getting paid to run grips and number plates back when I was racing bicycles as an amateur. And, you know, we were selling kids' bikes. And, you know, the money is just astronomical in the sport. It's amazing how the sponsorship's not as not as deep as it, as I would thought it would be. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, so the coaching is definitely the, the, the pathway. Breakpoint shooting instruction is the company I own, so yeah, um, I do everything under that, and uh, it, it covers most of the expenses. Right, absolutely. Where is Breakpoint? Where, where do you coach out of, Chad? Um, I coach out of Triple B Clays in Southern California, which is another one of my co-sponsors. So um, been teaching there since about 2007, late 2007. Um, Zach came bomb there for many years. We we worked together side by side. Um, it was really fun, and traveled together. Um, yeah, I was just getting my 
Yeah, go ahead. Let's Sorry. talk about that. You mentioned Zach's name. Now, Zach has always been known for the uh, flat bill hats, and I hear that maybe. Yeah, the, I got pictured, man. All right, we need to hear about that. You have so you were you were the one that turned Zach onto the flat bill. Is that is that what I understand? Yeah. So I always wore a flat bill um, prior when I raced because it was kind of like the motocross thing to do. And um, when I started the shooting, and I kind of went back to my Montana roots. I was hunting a lot. I was going out to Arkansas to visit one of my customers, and we were shooting ducks up and. Um, win Arkansas, and I was just really into being a duck commander guy, grew a beard, face paint the whole nine yards, and then I was just shooting plays as much as I could, but right. um, he was always giving me crap about having a flat bill, so I started wearing a pewter hat, um, going back to the roots a little bit, and uh, he got them too, and I have pictures. Um, I have pictures of us both wearing pewter hats. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, and his hair flaring out the side. He looked like somebody from uh, NWA or something. Yeah, he had, a, he had a um, super mullet. It was incredible. Oh, yeah, incredible. totally. Yeah. Um, and then um, one day he started wearing the flat bills, and it, we started talking about how you could see targets better with a flat. There's no curve in the way. And um, he started doing that. I think he got on a major thing once. Um, or an ad with uh, Pula, and he had a flat bill, I believe. Right. And, right. Or a semi-flat bill. And uh, ever since then, he's been doing it, and he's got the hats going on over tables and stuff. But I just want to let everybody know, I started that thing. Okay. I brought that, right. that into this point. Right. <laughs> yeah, but you tuck your ears in yours. Yeah, Zach hadn't yeah, graduated had to, there yet. No, I had to figure out something that was a little different. And if you watch motocross, and I'm a huge motocross fan, and, um, you know, BMX is all that, and it's all about, you know, turn your flat bill sideways and tucking your ears and stuff, and it's just something that, that right. kind of stuck with me. Yeah, Justin has on one of the able Zach hats right now. I can't tell what his ears are doing now. <laughs> it's it's a gift from Zach. Yeah, Zach brought it to I me. mean, yeah. Zach's famous for that, I know. I mean, it's just, it's, but he knows where it came from. So. Right, I got you, I got you. Well, cool, cool, cool. All right, what do you I'll feel? I'll blow them up on Facebook. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so uh, a lot of talk about uh, PSCA, you know, we're not, you know, didn't have it this year. It may be coming back next year. Uh, what do you miss about the PSCA? Um, Man, I'll you tell like you what. It's, this, is, this is kind of an interesting subject because um, I'm all for it. I loved it. I loved the PSCA. I loved what it stands for. Um, it reminded me of the BMX days when I was in on the stage, um, getting announced. As, you know, as a pro, right? Racing and racing under the lights and all that stuff. So I I love doing that. I love shooting under under the lights. Um, I think what it. I just love the format. Um, yeah. I didn't get to shoot the first year, and then I tried qualifying the next year, and I. I made it to Arkansas, and I was that one guy that, even at the time when Darren was involved, he was like, "Okay, there's, you know, there's always that one guy," and I was the guy that was on the bubble and didn't make the the, the semifinal, which, in the end, didn't really matter because they changed the format again the following year. But uh, right, you know, I, I I like the format the way it is. There's a lot of things I still think they, you know, there's a lot of things they could do to make it even better. Um, just coming from a marketing standpoint, from my, you know, my background, but uh, the the shooting is phenomenal. I've got to shoot against all the, you know, like you, you're one of my heroes in this game, and I remember when I beat Ben Hustle to get into the top 50 my first year that I really went for it. Um, we went in that shoot off 
over and over and over out at the nationals. And then I had you the next round and I just had to get through you to get to the, to the money rounds. And it was, it was a great, it was great. It was, it was, it was super exciting. I was super nervous. I couldn't talk. I was dropping shells. It was, it's the best thing. I just love it because everybody gets to watch it. The speed round, Um, the speed round in the PSCA, you're talking about dropping shells is not the easiest thing to do. I know a lot of people, see it and think that they can do it, but I've done it and dropped a box of shells. <laughs> I've knocked them off the stands, <laughs> dropped them everywhere. It, oh, it is not I, easy. Kevin thought that actually that was what happened to me. I bumped the stand. The stand was really, really wobbly, and I bumped it on my shell fell. Yeah. And I was just grabbing whatever I could grab. But, um, <laughs> you know, I got better with it. And then, you know, where, where I'm really bad is I can't think numbers on the fly when you know you need to do something. And I always had my friend in the background yelling at me because, uh, you know, Big Stevie would be like, you need a four. And I'd be like, I think I need a three. And, uh, you know, I didn't, I was always horrible with the numbers. And I, I think that's what got me a couple of times. Cause I, was, I made a probably, man, I made that top 27 so many times. I just couldn't get into that top that nightly that one night thing so you know one day hopefully it'll happen if they redo it um and i you know i'm kind of along the same line as david said the other night in his podcast where he was saying that you know it's really hard to come back once you stop a sanction so right, right. i've seen it in bmx i've seen it in so many different sports and it's just so hard um they'll be interesting with it yeah, I, I really do hope it comes back. It was it was a lot of fun. I'll shoot it. I'll shoot all of it, man. I, I that's what I did last year. I didn't. I you know because I'm funding most of this myself. I can't go to every single regional, so I was doing all the PSCA stuff. Still. Right, and then a few regionals I really like to do. So the the last PSCA that I remember seeing you at was the U.S. Open over in when it was at uh, Big Red Oak. Which yes, was, sir. What was that last year? Yeah. And yep. I, th- I think you made it into the shoot off and played air drums out there to, I did. E- to everybody's walkout music. I can remember that. Um, it was, I believe it was somebody was playing something from Monte Crew and I just or, or something like that. And I just, I love air drums. I, I play a little guitar. I'm not, not any good. I've always wanted to be a rocker. I think if there was one other thing. I picked some really weird sports to get into over my time. I, you know, race bicycles, race mo- mountain bikes, or done this shooting thing i've raced our cars i've done all this stuff but i've always tried to be a pro at it but i think one thing would have been really cool is have been a skinny rocker dude on a bus <laughs> right. around the country right right gotcha <laughs> gotcha all right so do you have any students out there in uh, california that you coach a lot like do you have repeat guys like you got any up-and-comers that are going to be superstars one day yeah i got two that are really really good right now i got about 15 Every week, rotating guys and girls. Yeah. Um, I teach a lot of people, but uh, um, I have a uh, guy that just turned uh, Masters. Um, we call him Peep Show, but um, he's this, you'll see him. I, I tend to hang out with guys that are way bigger than me, like Stevie. <laughs> right. He made the yeah. last yeah. year. Yeah. Well, Peeps is actually bigger than him, Alex Bedlicek. He actually won last year. It was his first national championships, and I took him out there, and he won. Uh, super sport in double A. Awesome. So That's um, good. got some got some titles. Um, uh, all, most of my students have either uh, like two years ago. I think all my students were in the top two at the state championships and from the E class of A class. Yep. 
Um, I got a girl right now that she's 13, and, and Derek shot with her at the national. She's just, you know, the parents have the funds, they have the need, the want to go do it. And, um, she really wants to be good at this sport, and I, I really think when it starts clicking for her, it's going to be pretty amazing to watch. So, yeah, there's some really good, good shooters from the West Coast, and it's lot, it's really funny because a lot of people don't think we shoot a lot, and I just want to let everybody understand something you know Derek and you and all these guys out there that have been doing it for 20 30 years you know I, I came in in 2007 and I'm as good as I am and you know and I still have a lot more to go but I gained on you guys pretty quickly and I think I attribute that to the fact that I can shoot all year round in California right um right. you know good, I'm, that's I'm, a good point. I can learn, so I can burn chills all day long and every day, and it's 70 degrees out every day. So um, I, a lot of people don't think you can shoot a lot in California, but I think the people like yourself, by the way, congratulations at the Western Regional. Thank you. Um, you know, you, we have some amazing uh, facilities and amazing terrain out there. It's just, you know, people are afraid to come out and stuff like that, and I think there'll be, you know, as we get going along, I think next time, more people will come to something like that. Right, right, right. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, I was, you know, you hear all this stuff on the media about California and, you know, I was expecting something maybe at the airport or run into something somewhere when I was in California, but it was no different than anywhere else, to be honest with you. Yeah, I fly out of Orange County every time I go somewhere because I have to fly a lot because we don't get a drive like you guys do because you're closer to the venues. And right. I, I see me come there like, oh, going to another shoot. I'm like, yeah, they're, they're the coolest people. I get through Orange County probably faster than any airport in the country. Right, right. Which is hilarious because it's, it's where everybody doesn't like guns. So. Yeah. The, gotcha. Well, cool. The, uh, let's, I've asked everybody this, Chad, so far. We talk about sure. uh, what gun you shoot and what ammo you use. Uh, you know, well, if I was doing the original, like how I was supposed to do it as a professional, I don't, I'm not going to tell you what gun I shoot because I'm not sponsored by anybody. So I, I am open for sponsorship with guns. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> um, right. But, but I will say that I am shooting a DT11. Um, I was helped. Uh, a while ago when Carlton was over at um, Beretta with that gun. Um, I love the Italian guns. Um, we sell a lot of them at our club, so it's kind of a, you know, as Kevin said, when you're connected to a club, it makes it a little bit easier to get some help. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Zach's got that all tied up over at Beretta, and, you know, <laughs> and Anthony, and that's going to take me a while to get there. So, um, you know, but I, I shoot a Beretta DT-11, 32-inch uh, barrel, six chokes, um, I'm sponsored by Pioki Ammunition, which I love. I've been shooting them since the day day one that I started. I've messed around with other shells throughout the years, but when I started, I started with Pioki because Anthony was shooting them and Zach was shooting them. And then when um, the sponsorship came available, it was really cool to kind of head all around in a big circle. Um, one and an eight, twelve fifty white rhino. Um, Messing around with the new trap handicap load of the 1290 one and an eighth, seems pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I shoot a 1300 one ounce for fee task. Um, kind of wish they'd make a 1350, so shout out to Adam, get it done. Um, yeah, so because <laughs> right. uh, everybody uh, else has that shell. Um, you yeah. know, all right, seven and a halves or eights, common question. 
Uh, always seven and a half because Wendell told me that. <laughs> Keep it simple. Right. There you go. He's Keep like, it Wendell's my coach. And uh, Wendell, you know, I had Anthony for a million years when I started for the first seven years. And then um, when he went on his bunker brain, um, I tried balling him. I got second to last at a, at a qualifier. And so that was it for me. So I kept it at the sporting. And, man, that kid shoots eight, eight and a half, seven and a half. And he's so in tune with all that stuff. I just keep it simple, seven and a half. I have been playing around with some eights, but, um, you know, I travel and I'm flying, so a lot of times it's just five to seven and a half. Right, right. I got you. Got you. All right. What else we got? We got, we got a, 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 let's hit this topic just for the heck of it because it's been uh, okay. all over Facebook, Shotgun World, everything else. This whole deal about uh, level one instruction, pro shooter instruction. Uh, how do you feel about Oh, man. How do you feel You're about putting it? me on the spot. Well, you know, you don't, I'm not throw. I, I will not mention the, uh, the name we're talking about, but everybody knows yeah. who we're talking you about. You know, um, man, okay, here's my deal. Okay. I'm a level one instructor. Um, at our club, we have to have some sort of level to be able to teach there um, to go along with the insurance um, just to get in the door. So I had to go out and get my level one. Zach had to get a level one um, when we were all there. So I, I think that's a great program to start out with. Um, I think if you want to get out into the door, trying to learn how to coach and it's great, and if you look at our club that I work out of, we're we're pushing we're we're pushing eight and a half to nine million targets out of range a year. So, wow. and a lot of that is for people that are just in the Los Angeles area, ten million people to pull from that just want to come out. And no different than going down the street and going go go kart driving, they come out to just shoot guns because they they've never done it before, they've never touched a fire. So, right um, with us, it's just you know those. Those type of people having fun, keeping them safe. Um, there's really no instruction except don't shoot me or anybody around it. That's right. Keep it safe and have fun, right? Yeah. Um, you know, we we work with some of the big colleges out there, and we you know we'll have eight eight hundred people at the clubs at times doing something weird with, you know, frat week or whatever it is, you know, rush week and. So it's just it's that's great for the level ones. Um, I was considering doing level two and level three just because of how long I've been teaching and who has taught me how to uh, teach. You know, Anthony and Wendell, and you know, this the things picking up from you talking. You know, I'm fortunate enough to be out on the tour, and all you guys are my friends, so I've learned a lot from that. Um, but you know, after that article is written, you know, it's just a waste. Unfortunately, at the way it's set up right now, in my opinion, it's probably going to kill me. Okay. I'm not going to get something out of this, but that's okay. Um, I just think level two and level three is a joke um, based on the fact that, you know, there's not very many level threes that are top shooters right now. And, right, right. Um, and, and like actually, said, there is none. Right. And like you said, <laughs> there is uh... – uh, as far as talking to people, talking to uh, pro shooters, guys that do it every day, uh, that that's a big deal. That's how I learned a lot coming through. I I wanted to surround myself uh, with people like you know Anthony, Zach, Gavin, Corey, whoever you know, and just pay attention to what they're doing. You know, I mean, there's a lot to be said for that. I mean, well, it, I'll, it, I'll give you, you know, an example. Yeah, it, it's true, and I'll give you an example. Last year, we were at the at M and M. You, myself, and Zach, and you were telling that Zach how he's not shooting fast enough. He was he wasn't popping that stuff off the arm. 
And it was we were talking about that station that had the international target and the MIDI. Yeah. Um, over the pond. And I shot it like you did. But I'm sitting there listening to you telling him how he should be doing it. He's <laughs> telling you, well, this is how he's doing it. But those kind of conversations, um, right or wrong, right. Um, really comes down to helping um, us as a group to just be better and better. Everybody's good. Right. Everybody's good right now. Everybody in the top 10, I'm probably, you know, I'm sitting top 20 in the country, top 15 on the PSCA. Um, I have to do a lot of work to get there. Um, to crack that top 10 is, is where, what I'm trying to do, you know, and, um, you know, anything I can get out of you guys and help that you give me. And you've helped me a couple times at the make or break at Anthony's place. You're like, get under that target, get out a little bit farther, you know, get it. You know, and right. I hit it and yeah. end up beating Mike Wilgus, who's the number one qualifier. Right. <laughs> and it's like, I felt, you know, he's my buddy. So, yeah. Yeah. um, it's interesting. I've never been in a sport before because usually in BMX, when you beat your buddies, you want to, somebody gets taken out at some point right, <laughs> in right. a corner. Yeah. Um, you guys, it's interesting because, you know, I'll do good and you guys are stoked for it. And I'm like, yeah, but I just beat you. They're like, you know, get up there and keep winning, you know? And it's like, okay. Right. <laughs> but right. it's, it's really neat. It's really neat. I find, um, I see the same thing in the sport and clays world that the competitors are always rooting for you even though they're shooting against you and i find yeah. it kind of weird too that that happens but it does happen and uh yeah and in, you won't i don't i think that well i agree with everything that everybody else has said i think that's why we're better than the english guys right now stuff the europeans and whoever else is out there we just we're just it's just the talent pool here is just amazing and uh you know we and we're just getting better and better and better and better <laughs> Right, right. So, there's no doubt, um, no doubt. So, so you started shooting in 07, is that right? Yes, sir. Yep. And, and yep. racing bikes and doing all the things that you've done, do you think any of that helped you in shooting as far as, uh, you know, endurance maybe or anything like that? I would have said that when I first started, yes, because I could shoot all day long and keep shooting because I was in such great shape. Um, I drank too many beers and ate too many um, of the Saturday night dinners now. So I've gained a little weight. Um, but I'm on it. I'm, I really, I personally believe that um, being in shape, um, I've seen Kevin, you you look like you've lost a lot of weight over the last six, seven months. And well, well, thank you. When I see these, I, when I see these guys get better, they, I, I think that's an itch because on Sunday when everybody's tired and it's a long weekend, you got to have, I mean, literally in this, at this level, you got to have everything you can give to be able to beat anybody, you know, that's in the top five. So, yeah. um, yeah, I think it's important to be in shape. Um, even if you're not getting in shape, um, I think it's important as far as my racing is concerned. Yeah. I, I'm a five time world champion, um, amateur shoot, uh, racer, two time national number one. And, on mountain bikes, semi-pro number ones, I've got multiple state titles, Canadian national titles, and I've got a lot of titles on my bicycle. But I've been racing, you know, I raced them since, like David, since I was eight years old. So, um, you know, we forget when you're having so much fun when you start at a young age, how much of that is all work. And, you know, as you get older, you realize it is a lot of work. And so, yeah, I think as far as getting the path to – being number one or being a champion, I'm 45 years old and I still think I can be a champion in this sport. Um, and I know I can't be. Um, I don't and, think we disagree with that. I think you're right. 
you know, and I think that comes from, you know, some people said, well, you don't have enough years shooting to, to really have the experience to do that. And what I do have experiences in other sports and winning and pretty much dominating at some point in my career in those, in those sports to, to help me feed the path for this and try to figure out what it's going to take to go to the next level. Um, I personally think right now, I mean, like I was saying earlier, everybody's good. So what's the next thing? What, what, I mean, Kevin, what do you think the next thing is in this game? I know what I think. Well, I mean, me personally, what what we're just talking about is uh, being physically uh, prepared. But what a lot of people don't understand that uh, aren't in the top 20 in the country is is how mental it is. I mean, literally – when I get all, if I, if I think I got all of a round, if I say I shot a good number on 100 targets, I am mentally drained at the end of it. Like, I don't, I, I mean, I could literally go take a nap after it. So I think yep. uh, people don't understand how much focus, I mean, David touched on this, you know, literally, and Anthony's told me this too, when when they get done getting all of one, you know, especially a two-day event, that they could go take a nap after because they have put everything oh, sure. <laughs> they can do into it. And and that's what I think separates the guy that wins that weekend. It's 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 uh, not only how bad he wants it, it's how mentally prepared he is, how how focused he was sure. during that round. Um, so, like you said, I mean, those top 20 guys can all shoot. I mean, they know every trick of the trade. They know what to do with each bird, you know, that kind of thing. It's just being mentally ready that weekend, I think, is the, the biggest deal for sure. So, I'll throw another one on you. So, yeah. I agree with you 100% on that. Um now, when you take somebody like me that doesn't have the years of experience, I have a mental coach. Uh-huh. I have I've had Anthony as a technical coach, and I have um, I've had Wendell Cherry as a coach um, for a long time. Still do, still do. Um, but I personally think, outside of that physical side and the mental side, because when you're shooting 98s all the time, there is definitely a mental uh, yeah. thing to that right. for sure. But. I still think, and you know, a lot of people always ask me when they when they come, you know, they're a B class shooter, an A class shooter, and they're like, I'm looking for a mental game stat and a pre shot routine. I'm like, okay, first off, your technical routine is is you need a full house rebuild right, right. now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, we just got to start over. Right. And and I and so I've been playing with something for a while, and my mental coach who has worked with a lot of junior Olympic trap shooters and stuff like that. He's not in sporting place, but he said some stuff to me and, and, and was really, really forceful with it actually to get me to do it. And he's like, if you, you know, going out and getting a lesson from Kevin or Anthony is not going to help you get any better. Um, but so moving forward, working with these guys in clinics, will help you learn what they're doing, what they're teaching, um, how they interact with people, and you're just kind of seeing what they do. And I've done that. I've taken some lessons from different instructors, top shooters, just, you know, sorry guys, but I was kind of not trying to get a lesson out of it. I was trying to see what, what you got going on up in your head. Right. Um, so that was number one. But the other thing is, is, is what I think the next thing in the sport is, and, and it's probably going to happen between you and I, is where – it's training and nobody touches the training side of this game. Um, and I'm not talking about lifting weights. I'm talking actually training what you do. And, right. you know, the, you look at anything skeet and trap and because the game has very little variables to it. 
there's a lot of books and writings on how to train and what to do to be able to shoot a hunter. Because our variables are so much, there's an, it, it, people do it, but they don't know how to put it down on paper. I've been working on putting it down on paper and, mm-hmm. and coming up with programs for people. Um, and I think that's why some of my students are so successful early. But I've even done it for myself. And where it clicked for me is David came out and did a clinic with me while he was in California. Right. And I asked him if I could take a lesson from me, so he wouldn't do it. And I was like, okay, whatever, dude. <laughs> right. And he's like, no, I'd rather go train. And I said, okay. So we went and trained. And we burned, we shot three hours the first day, and I think four hours the next day, and we burned 2,400 targets between the two of us. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I think we went to three stations on the first day and four on the second day. Right. And I just called it lead. I didn't really know what he was doing, um, but I was, I was like, holy crap, there's, I, it just, light bulb comes on. There's, there's, there's something else going on out here in this, uh, in this sport. So we talked a little bit about it and he told me, he goes, look, you know, your, your technical is as good or better than mine. He says, but you need to do this and this and this, this type of training. And I was like, okay, I'm following you, but I don't really get it. When somebody says, you need to go out and do some killer high training or something. Right. And, um, so now I'm kind of searching. So I, you know, David um, and I trained together um, when we were at the Western Regional. I shot against, you know, on the same squad as Derek. Mm-hmm. And you know, I had two targets. I could have beat him and got second outright. Um, and it was that close. And he extended a hand to have me come out and train with him because nice. um, he nice. wants a training partner. So that's what I'm doing in as part of this trip. And I know I've even said it to you that at some point I'd like to come out to where you're at and go yeah. do some shooting with you. Absolutely. And I think that's the next thing. I think is figuring out how to teach and explain proper training. Right. And I'm sure now that I've said that, all these instructors are going to come out with videos and all kinds <laughs> of stuff saying this is how you do it. But right, right. no, it's coming from me first. But I really think that's it because I think because everybody's so good, yeah, And like David touched on how hard it is to push yourself that little bit more to win that day. Yep. And it's so at that mental set, you know, how, how can you get there? How can you make that little bit that's so hard a little bit easier? And in BMX, we trained, we do our lap practices, we do our jumps and we do that double 35, 40 times a night. We would, you know, we do every angle, you, you know, and then I was, you know, something that was rolling around my brain. I was kind of, uh, when we were, I was shooting bunker, I talked to the U.S. Army team. Those guys would fit each trap in the 15 traps, and they'd shoot one angle. <laughs> right, they right, got it right. down, and then they'd move it. But, and there's like nine schemes on, on bunkers. So that's a lot of shooting on yeah, one target. It is. So, and, and, what's, I think, and what's crazy so, about what you just said, I mean, I, that is a great point. That is a great point. But then we throw out there the freaks of nature like Bill McGuire, okay? I want to talk about this. Yep. In 2015, McGuire dominated, okay? He he literally, I don't know what all he won, but it was crazy. I mean, regional. I think he won everything. I think he did too. You know how many practice targets he shot? <laughs> Zero. Yep. Okay, so this freak can go out there and, and just show up and kill targets. Now, that being said, he's he's a one of a kind. There's no doubt about it. But I, I think you're well, right. He's also been shooting for 20-plus yeah. years. Too. Yeah. And when you guys, you guys don't stop. I mean, one thing that I noticed even about myself 
and I'll, I'll use another person example is Nicholas Berry. Yeah. I mean, that wow. Kid, wow. Yeah. You know, I could, I, I could literally smoke him with my eyes closed a year ago. Right. And now this guy is going to every shoot and seeing the best targets in the country. Look how good he is. Yeah. And that's and another, that's another I, good point too. Okay. Uh-huh. He's going to the right shoots. Um, a lot yep. of people stick with the, you know, they want to be great and they want to be known, but they stick with their state. And, you know, you get, if you stay in the state, you get pretty much the same birds, you get the same terrain. If you go outside the state, follow these regionals, PSCA, that sort of thing, you start to see every bird out there and, and it becomes a big deal. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Well, is this like, what is that? What is Anthony called? The rabbit too? Yeah. And we saw what, six of those. Yeah, I tell you what, when I got yeah, when I got back to George, <laughs> when I got back to Georgia, Rick Hemingway was here. I text Ant. I said, "What kind of machine was that?" He said, "It's just a regular, <laughs> regular Promatic or Laporte or whatever." So we rigged a machine up, and we actually have one at the Meadows now that's throwing an Air Rabbit. So, uh, yeah. isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, and I was I brought two guys that have never seen things before, and I'm like, "Wait till you see the internationals and these." and these rabbit fossil trap machines and you'll probably see one and I didn't realize we were gonna get six. Yeah. So they're, that was that they're was everywhere. Really cool. I think Anthony probably yeah. got a deal on rabbit targets while he threw all those. <laughs> no kidding, right? right. Um, but I, I really think that's the next step is and I think that kind of coincides with when you guys all work together as team USA when you guys are traveling overseas and working yeah. together. Um I, I think that's what it is. That's the next step. That's what right. makes that top five, top ten, so much better. And yes, there's going to be guys that don't shoot as much, um, but they've got so many rounds under their belts from the years before that it's just timing and going out and shooting every tournament. You know, Bill doesn't need to practice if he's shooting twenty top tournaments a yeah. year. Yeah, you know, That's so right. absolutely. I mean, it's a lot of targets. Yeah, <laughs> so. it is. Yeah. All right, I got a question for uh, you, Chad and Kevin. Both, I we get a lot okay. of messages from people that listen to the podcast. And by the way, mm-hmm. the podcast has reached twenty six different countries and every state in the U.S., which is pretty amazing when it comes to shooting that sporting clubs. Crazy, yeah. Um, and I get a lot of messages and a lot of people that you know send in questions and stuff like that. And one of the questions or one of the issues that I see a lot of people have is that they don't know the pros and they don't know the guys that are the the uh, the people in the PSA PSCA and on TV. And one one fellow mentioned today that you know I would love to walk up to a pro at a shoot and just ask him a few questions. And and he said I'm scared to do it because. I don't know if if I'm going to mess up their mental focus or what I'm going to do to uh, affect their shooting that day. So what do you think? Do you think if someone had a question for you that they could walk up to you at a shoot and ask you? I mean, I, I told him. Yeah, the only fine. problem they're going to have is they might not be able to leave right away because I get talking and then I'm worse than David. <laughs> so you think David's bad? I, I get going and ask Kevin. Um, it, it's. It's an interesting thing because um, it happened to me in DMX, and, and and why I go back to that is because you're dealing with nine and ten year olds as a pro, right. and you're sitting there twenty twenty five years old racing pro, and you got all these little kids running around looking for your number plate or sign their jerseys and stuff. And right, you can't which, be a, you which can't is real, be a real, com- yeah, real comparable to sporting clays. I mean, you got kids doing absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and they want to be with it. I mean, I want some kid to follow what I have. I mean, I. 
I get a lot of questions like, oh, you have, look at all those sponsors on your back. Oh, my God, you must be just something crazy. And yours are, I get the opposite, like, oh, Mr. Pro's coming into the club today. What, what do you got to do today? You know, so I get either way. It depends on who the person is. But realistically, you know, I'm trying to promote anybody that promotes me. Um, and part of that is you, if you're going to, if you want to be a top shooter in this game, whether you're a weekend warrior or not. But if you're really truly, truly trying to be a competitor, it's part of what you sign up for is, is this is what the game is and you have to put your best foot forward. So I agree. I have, I've thrown shells before I have let off some F bombs more than once that my friends and people know I, I have been a hothead in the past because on a BMX bike, I have a full face helmet. If somebody does that to me, I can just get pissed and go run them off the track and nobody will know the difference. But in sporting plays, it's not like that's like golf on TV. You know, you just can't do it. You see guys bending their clubs or tossing them, but you know, they're trying to hold their composure shooting or, or playing for a lot of money or, you know, whatever it is that they're playing for. Um, I think it's just real important that we as pros or people that want to be pros, like I, I truly feel that I'm a pro. Um, I'm at the top of the class. There's nothing higher until there is, then that's what I am. And when the PSA was there, based on their rules, I'm a pro. Right. Um, do I make all my money from winning? No, I make it mostly from teaching. <laughs> you know? So, right. um, But I think, that's why I'm where I'm at. Because when I started this game, I was a lonely B-class shooter. Actually, I was lower than that, but I was a B-class shooter when I started going to bigger shoots. And I was on, my squad was Anthony, um, Brian Hughes, Brad Kidd, Zach Kinbaum, Corey Cruz, and myself. And I'm the lonely B-class. And they, they, we get along great. And they were so cool to me and showed me the ropes along the way. And I was very fortunate. You know how I did it? I asked. Yeah, right. can I come out with you guys? Yeah, um, and I get that sometimes at bigger shoots like the Nationals or the World or whatever it is, you're going to have a squad that you want to be with. But I'm all about random squatting normally, and um, you know, just meeting people because the more people I meet, the more people that are on my Facebook or my Instagram, the yeah. better. I'm not trying to be a media whore. Like I just. Think it's cool. It's part of what we do. If you're going to sign up for it and have a business in this thing, go for it. I mean, you do the same thing, Kevin. You yeah, I, mean, great. I, I totally agree. I mean, uh, I don't have a problem at all with uh, people coming up, talking to me, whatever, uh, anytime. You know, obviously, if I'm fixing a step in the box, probably not a good time. But uh, any other time, <laughs> yeah, is, right. uh, any other time, I'm all about it. And what a lot of people don't understand is, I'd say 95% of the pro shooters would be more than happy to speak to them. Just go up to them and talk to them. I mean, they're not, they're not superhumans. They're not. Uh, they're, I mean, they're really nice guys, to be honest with you. Um, that's how they got we'll, to where they we'll are. Do some, we'll do some air drums. Yeah. I think the reason why people don't approach me sometimes, they just see this weird, weird dude from California. And they're just like, <laughs> what is going on there? And, you know, I'm older, but I still act like I'm probably 14. But um, I dig it, and I'm having fun in life. And that's, I mean, that's why I do this. Because I keep the, the people I've met, people like you, people like David, people like everybody. I mean, it's just great. It's just awesome. And I can't say enough about it. So. Yeah, well, cool, man, cool. Well, uh, we're fixing to uh, shut her down, but uh, we just want to tell all you, right. man, we uh, we appreciate uh, all your input. That was that was a lot of good advice you had there, and we want to wish you the 
best of luck out there taking Derek's title away, even though he isn't going to be present. Is the old man? Is, is his, right. Hey, is his dad going to be there? I don't know. Uh, you might want you might want to look that up because he's the second one in line. No way. <laughs> you know why I say that? Because I have one of his shells that he gave me. It says June five all the time. I got one too. I got it in my trophy case at home. I picked yep. one of off the ground. It's so good. Yeah, that is awesome. Um, no, I mean I just it's going to be fun. I'm yeah. there for Jared. We're, you know he's he's going to start working at a pro club at another club down there and. Um, you know, I'm helping him with getting that rolling and, um, you know, he's getting his, he's getting into this game as an instructor. So it's going to be great. The kid's awesome. Yeah, um, he is. Shot. Yeah. His yeah, he dad is, is amazing, yeah. um, with what he does. And so it's just going to be fun. I haven't shot in Kansas. I've only raced out there before, so we'll see how it is. Yeah. Cool. Um, cool. Well, maybe so the weather will be melt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Right. Right. <laughs> All right, cool. well, it's been awesome, guys. I appreciate you guys taking the time to let somebody at this level, a little lower than all the other boys, get on here and talk to you guys. But, like, you know, I am one of you guys, so I guess it's time for me to step up and come after you, Kevin. So all look right. out. All right, let's do it. I'm ready. Hey, Chad, thanks for all your right. time, buddy. I appreciate you. All, all right. right. Thanks, Chad. You guys take care. All, all right, right, man. Have all a right, nice night. Talk to you later. Okay. See ya. Well, that's about all the time we have for tonight. We appreciate you listening, and we'll be back next week with another great episode of Behind the Break. See you then.